Today on Blue 58, the Packers' safeties are an important part of the 2022 defense, but what they need from their safeties is going to vary a lot from player to player, maybe more than at any other position. Expectations should be high, but meeting them might be complicated. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of ThePowerSweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. We are talking safeties today, but first we're going to talk about a free agent signing in Green Bay. It's Sal Canella joining the Packers via the USFL. 6'5", 230-ish pounds, depending on what listing you look at. Some places I saw him as high as 242. That seems a little high. Other places had him as low as 228. That dates back to his time at Auburn. We'll go with around 230 pounds. Okay athlete. 731 relative athletic score. Ran a 474 40-yard dash at Auburn's Pro Day in 2020. Went undrafted after a career at Auburn in which he played both wide receiver and tight end. He played exclusively tight end in the USFL this spring. 34 catches, 368 yards, and two touchdowns with the New Orleans Breakers. Expectations, I think, have to be pretty low here. He's got a chance, though maybe not a good one, but there are opportunities here given the rest of the Packers' tight end depth chart. And you know, what's shaking out with Robert Tunyon and and things like that. He is definitely in that Robert Tunyon mold, not technically a converted wide receiver like Tunyon was since he did play some tight end in college, but in that vein. He can meet expectations, I think, by making the roster. And once you make your roster, just see what happens. If he's a better receiver than Tyler Davis, I think that gives him a a pretty good shot at making the roster because that probably bumps a guy like uh, Dominic Daphne out of the picture. Tyler Davis, I think, still probably has the inside track, given that he's probably a little bit better of a blocker than a guy like Canella, but we'll see. There's going to be, tight end's going to be interesting. There are opportunities there. I would predict that Canella spends some time on the Packers practice squad this year, if anywhere. I think he is probably going to end up on the practice squad, but um, but we'll see, because they, they don't really have another tight end like him on the roster right now. Packers safeties. When we talked about cornerbacks, we said that really the story of the secondary for 2022 was going to be plays on the ball. Plays on the ball are pretty fickle year to year, so building a philosophy around them is a bit of a fraught proposition. But for the Packers' safety or secondary to maintain their pretty elite level play, it's going to have to be through plays on the ball. How do safeties play into that, though? What factors... Um, are unique to the safety position that will help this group continue to make plays on the ball. I think that the biggest playmaker in the secondary might actually be Darnell Savage. Rasul Douglas made a ton of plays on the ball last year, but Savage has more athletic ability than Douglas does, and more importantly, he has the opportunity to move all over the defense in ways that nobody else really does. He's going to play deep safety for sure. He's going to play in the box some, though not as much as Adrian Amos. He's going to play in the slot, and in theory, he should be making plays from all of those spots. And he did, by and large, last year. He did even more in 2020. There's a good chance that the Packers are going to see plenty of plays made from the safety position. Now, the corresponding piece to this puzzle is, of course, Adrian Amos, who among the players in the Packers secondary, might be the only guy we're not really looking to have make a ton of plays on the ball. That's not really his job, and it really hasn't been his forte 
in his NFL career to date. He is the true safety valve safety. He is the guy who is covering up for everybody else. Traditionally, he plays closer to the line of scrimmage than Darnell Savage does. We'll see how that shakes out this year if the Packers go for more traditional two-deep safety looks. Amos will be further away from the ball. Playmaking is still going to be the theme for the Packers' secondary. It just has to be. That's what they need from their secondary in 2022, as well as consistent coverage, sure. But making plays on the ball is going to be a big part of the defensive picture. They need the guys who can make the plays to make the plays. And we'll talk about what that looks like for Darnell Savage when we get to to his specific part of this safety preview. But they need him to be a playmaker. They need Adrian Amos to be a guy who can cover up for for others' faults and weaknesses and and missed opportunities and, and missed assignments and things like that. And then they probably need one more guy who can be a consistent defensive player. Then you've got special teamers beyond that. I'll say right now, it's anybody's guess who that third safety is going to be. Tariq Carpenter has a claim. Vernon Scott has a claim. Ennis Gaines has a claim. Sean Davis has a claim. And if things go really, really well for him, Trey Sterling might have a claim too. We'll talk through each of those guys in a second. For right now, I want to remind you of the ongoing vote for our Blue 58 podcast scholarship. Votes are coming in pretty steadily since we announced the uh, the four uh, pitches on on Wednesday of this week, I'd encourage you, if you haven't, to go out and vote. Listen to the four pitches at thepowersweep.com or in your podcast feed, if you prefer, and uh, decide who you think is is worth uh, the package that we are offering this year. I think uh, it's a great opportunity for somebody to get a show off the ground, and I'm, I'm really pleased with the entries we have, and I'm, I'm grateful to everybody who's taken the time to vote so far. There is a link in your show notes for this episode. If you want to go straight there, you can also just head to thepowersweep.com and find the post where you can vote. It's really not that complicated. I, I am confident that you can figure it out. Packers safeties. Like every other position group so far, we're going to go expectations low to high. Starting with Trey Sterling. Now, he doesn't even meet my threshold for low expectations because, well, for a couple of reasons. First, he's a fairly low athleticism prospect, did not test particularly well uh, coming out of a, a, a pretty small school, which I think not only puts him behind the eight ball on defense, but it also limits his special teams utility as well. He graded out pretty well as a coverage guy until an injury his final year really tanked his 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 um his grade, but he only played a couple of games in his final college season. I have like I said, obviously no expectations for him, but I think if you look at historical precedent, it's easy to see why, even if he's a good prospect, he might not have much of a shot at making the roster. Rewind the clock a year and remember a guy, if you can, named Christian Uphoff. He was one of my favorite players just looking at the um, the roster heading into training camp, just looking at how the safety position figured to shake out and looking, I thought, at what he did in, in preseason games. Like, he might have a real shot to make the roster as an undrafted free agent. Big guy, pretty good athlete. Seemed like that's what the Packers needed at safety. Not only did he not make the roster, he didn't make the practice squad. And not only did he not make the practice squad, he didn't make anybody's practice squad. Upoff's out of the NFL. He's done. If a guy with those physical abilities who played pretty well in the preseason last year can't make it in favor of a couple of these other guys that we're talking about, I don't have super high hopes for Trey Sterling either. 
if he wants to make the roster, the best bet is to pick off somebody like Sean Davis or Innes Gaines, but they are ahead of the curve, as I think you'll see here in a second. Let's talk about Sean Davis. He was around quite a bit last year in the regular season. No big impact, though. Got a taste around for a while. Now it's time to build on that. And I think he's ahead of Sterling because he's at least done it as an NFL player. He hasn't done it a lot, but he's made a roster. He's been around. He's proven that he can at least be a guy that you don't completely write off in an NFL defense. Expectations, though, pretty low for Davis. He's a make-the-roster sort of guy. Make the roster and see what happens. Figure out what your role is from there. So meeting those expectations starts with making the roster. And while he may not make it initially, the 53 is any man's guess, I think he is going to be on the 53-man roster at some point this year. I like him a little bit better than Innes Gaines, not to be, not to have too much of a spoiler here, but we're talking low-end roster guys anyway. Let's talk about Innes Gaines, though. He's a preseason star last year, big hitter, hung around for the balance of the 2021 season. Expectations, though, I think are are fairly low. I, I do put him slightly higher in terms of expectations than Davis, just because he's been around a little bit longer. He too, though, just really starts with making the roster. Get to the 53-man roster and see what happens from there. However, I would say given the rest of the depth chart, given what he offers relative to some of these other guys, I don't think he makes it. I think he's done in Green Bay. He's going to end up elsewhere uh, for the 2022 season. Jumping up to the moderate range of expectations, we start with Tariq Carpenter, a 2022 draft pick for the Packers. It's kind of an interesting prospect just due to his background. Played a little bit of safety, a little bit of linebacker in college. Nobody seems really sure what he is yet. And the Packers have said that he'll do a little bit of both with them as well. They list him as a safety. They think he's going to do some linebacker type stuff. We'll see what that actually looks like. Expectations, I think, have to be a little bit higher just because he is a draft pick. And he's a draft pick at a position with some depth issues. That's something that we really didn't talk about with the position group overview. There are some depth issues at safety. You've got Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, pretty solid starting duo. Who's number three? Can't say right now. Really don't know who that is. And I, I wouldn't say there's a somebody who looks like a front runner there either. But given that he is a draft pick and given that the depth chart does look like that, I think you have to be looking to Reek Carpenter's way at least to start. Working against him is that it's it's still not clear what he is. That could be an asset, though. If you've got versatility, in theory, you've got utility at two spots and not just one. And if you can be a, a special teams asset on top of that, you are going through the process of making yourself harder to cut which is the goal of any low-end roster guy at this point of the NFL calendar. You're just trying to make it hard on teams that are making decisions about their roster. Make yourself indispensable. Make yourself uncuttable. He, too, has a bar of basically just make the roster for 2022. And if you're looking for a guy who's ahead of the rest of the pack, it might be him for that third safety. Because the Packers didn't ask much from their low roster safeties last year. Henry Black is your real case study, and he didn't have much to do. And honestly, he didn't do much when he had a chance to do it either. But Carpenter is in kind of that same mold. Henry Black played safety and linebacker, sort of, in a unique 
defensive scheme in college. He was a three-three-five linebacker, which is kind of a safety. College defenses get weird. Uh, but Carpenter is in kind of that same vein, and he figures to be kind of that same sort of player in 2022 if he's ultimately on the Packers roster. So I think he's going to make the roster, and I think he's going to play some on defense, though not a lot. I would predict more than 50, but fewer than 125 snaps on defense for Tariq Carpenter in 2022. Vernon Scott, the man of mystery from 2021 in the Packers secondary. He was always around, but never really visible. He played a grand total of zero special team snaps, despite being on the roster basically. I think he was on the roster the entire regular season. Didn't confirm that. I think it was all 17 weeks, though. For his trouble, he was rewarded with 17 special team snaps in 2021. The Packers just really didn't put him on the field for whatever reason. He was only active for three games last year. That's a little bit weird. Not even a little bit. That is significantly weird for a guy who was a draft pick to basically evaporate in his second season. It is made weirder by the fact that he actually did play, I don't want to say quite a bit, but played a noteworthy amount in 2020. 89 snaps on defense, 184 snaps on special teams. That's like borderline core special teams player. 2022 expectations, you can't say they're high because just of who he is as a player and where he is on the on the depth chart, but I, I put him in that band because it's kind of put up or shut up time. You were a draft pick, and then you disappeared. And now there are similar versions of you on the roster with more life on their contract. Show us why it's got to be you and not them. So meet those expectations by holding off the challengers and becoming an asset on defense. I would predict that Scott's not going to make it. I think this is it for him in Green Bay. Maybe a practice squad candidate wouldn't make that prediction, but I don't think he makes the 53-man roster to start. That brings us to the players for whom I think we have to have high expectations this year. Adrian Amos is the cream of the crop, so let's start with Darnell Savage. 2021 was a, I almost said regression for Darnell Savage. Was it that? I don't know. Um, It was a weird year, let's say that for sure. And maybe a regression. Getting a little bit more comfortable with that word as I think about it a little bit. He had basically what would have amounted to a Pro Bowl season in dropped picks or taken away picks last year. At least three right off the top of my head. Maybe a couple more didn't go game by game through my notes. But week one, he picks off a pass in the end zone against New Orleans. But Zedaria Smith has that phantom roughing the passer call. It's taken away. Fast forward to midseason. Packers are playing the Vikings. Savage straight up drops at least one interception. And then late in the game, he has an interception, or at least a a play that was ruled as an interception, but then it was overturned on review. Two interceptions gone in the same game. Entering this season, I think expectations have to be high. The Packers think fairly highly of him. They've picked up his fifth-year option, doing that for both of their first-round picks from 2019. He needs to reward that confidence. He has to put it all together start to finish. We've seen it in fits and starts from him. 2019, kind of the same story. Uh, Some good weeks, some bad weeks. 2020, there was a long stretch where he looked borderline dominant. That year, there was an eight-game stretch where he had at least one ball hawk in every single game, a pass defense, an interception, a forced fumble, or a sack in every single game for half a season. That's 
noteworthy. 16 total plays on the ball in that stretch. One game he had four. It was a pretty good year. That's That by itself amounts to a pretty good season. 2021, we never really had that sort of extended stretch, not even really short stretches. It's basically a game-by-game thing with him last year. He's got to be more consistent start to finish. So he's got to finish those plays on the ball. Make them get in position. He is in position. Can't say get in position because he's clearly around the ball. Just finish. Catch the ball when it comes your way. And be a better tackler. I think he can do both of those things. I would predict that he's going to going to make those plays in 2022. He's going to have a career high in interceptions with at least five. Not that big of a reach. He had two last year plus at least three taken away or dropped. Catch them all, that's five right there. I also predict he's going to clean up those missed tackles and will have a career low in missed tackle percentage according to Pro Football Focus. Now that's not that, it, it's not that high a bar. He's missed a lot of tackles in his time in, in Green Bay. According to Pro Football Focus, his career missed tackle rate is 17.1%. Almost one in five tackles or one in five tackle opportunities just works out to be a miss for Darnell Savage. To have a career high, he's got to beat 16.7%. Career best. So <laughs> miss 15% of your tackles, Darnell Savage, and you're having a career year. Setting a low bar, but I think he can meet it. So finally, let's talk about Adrian Amos. He's been basically the exact same guy every year since he first stepped onto the field for the Packers in 2019. Just consistent, down in, down out, game in, game out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Adrian Amos just goes out on the field and ends up in the right spot. He's really close. Not really close, pretty close to becoming more of a Packer than he was a Bear. If he plays 12 games this year, he'll have been on the field for more regular season games with the Packers than he was with the Bears. And really just cementing the quality signing that that he was back in 2019. To check back in with a corresponding move from that year, I think we are still waiting for HaHa Clinton Dix to show the Packers how dumb they were for trading him in 2018 and then letting him go to a division rival the next year. I know he's a better player with better players around him. We're just waiting for him to put all that together. Any year now. 2022 expectations for Adrian Amos, I think, have to be high. It's hard to put firm stipulations on what he would have to do to meet that because his game is... I think basically the secondary version of Devondre Campbell. Campbell makes quite a few plays. He's around the ball a lot. But basically it just boils down to being in the right spot at the right time. And I know that's a valuable skill. It's an important skill. It's a, player, it's a skill that a lot of players in Green Bay at those positions, both safety and linebacker, haven't had or haven't had the, the wherewithal or athletic ability to take advantage of. But splash plays aren't the name of the game there. Just get to the right spot, be in the right spot. Be that steady factor in the secondary again. The Packers just need him to be Mr. Reliable. If the Packers' secondary is going to be defined by playmaking, at some point you need a guy whose job isn't to make plays, but to just be steady and make up for it maybe when those guys who are going out there looking to make the plays on the ball just aren't able to come through. 
just be the steady performer that he's always been and he'll have met expectations for the season. I predict that he is going to have his fourth straight thousand snap season for the Packers. I predict he's going to make some plays on the ball too. He's had two interceptions in every season in Green Bay so far. I think this is it. This is the year that he gets to three. Going to be year number eight in the NFL. He can do it. He can get two, three interceptions. And finally, he's going to make the Pro Bowl. He has been deserving, I think, every year since he arrived in Green Bay, but he just doesn't get the same level of attention that other safeties get because he's not making those uh, those splash plays with the same regularity. I think this is the year he finally gets enough attention for doing those other solid things that he makes it at least to the Pro Bowl. I think he can do it. I believe in Adrian Amos, and he seems like a great guy off the field too. I've been proud to direct support toward his charitable organization the last couple of years. I I really appreciate everybody who's donated uh, to his um, Adrian Amos I'm Still Here Foundation. Just been awesome um, in the time that he's been in Green Bay to see that kind of support from Packers fans for what seems to be a a really, really great guy. That's the safety position, and that's going to be the podcast for today. We're not going to close out uh, the games that changed the game yet, We'll get to that next week, just before training camp gets started. And training camp starts next week. Folks, we have made it through the offseason. Real Packers football is on its way. We've made it. Congratulations to you, and thanks for joining us as we get started on the now sixth season of well, I guess seventh season, actually. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is season number seven for the Power Sweep and Blue 58. We actually just had our seventh birthday, sixth birthday, I don't know how you count, sixth birthday last week, July 20, or July 16, 2016, so I guess that does make us six years old, um, was the Power Sweep's birthday. And I appreciate all of you who have stuck along with us that whole ride, and I appreciate everybody who has... Um, joined up with us along the way. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this season and many seasons yet to come as we work together to become smarter Packers fans. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.